On this week's episode, we talk about the conclusion of spring practice for Georgia as they host their annual G-Day. We also want to talk about some new faces as well as a new mascot, some new people looking to make moves on the roster, and some new commits. As always, I'm Cheeto, and with me is my co-host Keegan, and welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. spring is sprung What's spring up? bro spring has sprung it's 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 nice to finally get to this point because you know all the work that the players and all the coaches have put in it's tedious it takes some time but we are now finally where the fan base those who don't maybe pay attention like we do we do the podcast can actually see one of the few spring games that's going to be televised on national tv on espn2 what this uga team is going to look like coming into 2023 yeah, how about that? Good for the UGA brand. And I know I'm not going to be able to make it down to Athens, but I love the fact that, hey, I can just flip on the TV, put up what ESPN2, right? Kick your feet up. Yeah, ESPN2, I believe it's going to be um, 4 o'clock. And don't feel bad. I know there were plenty of tickets, but it does sound like because of some recent construction that attendance is going to be limited to only 55,000. You know Georgia's really taking pride of packing it out, doing the whole 70 what was it 72 to 90 or whatever the official number is but it's only going to be 55 so don't feel bad if you don't get it you can pop it on espn2 and all the things that we've been talking about on this podcast national nationwide are going to be put on display for everyone to see yeah it's pretty dope i guess it's one of those please excuse our progress but hey in the name of making sanford stadium more dope i'm all for it and you know spring games are always kind of cool and when you're football hungry especially pre uh other football leagues you know you're just in a football drought so spring was always that time to kind of check into that but you know for Georgia specifically and kind of our context of this podcast spring football is where it really all started with Kirby Smart making a big statement for this program and really just kind of carried through not just uh you know the ranks in the program itself but just to the fan base that hey it all is important it all matters and it's just one of those big you know, events that sets the stage. I mean, I really felt as a fan, I started taking a lot more precedence and focus on the spring game when Kirby came to town. And I think he, he made it, he uh, set the standard for, for that. So pretty cool. So I'm, I'm a little bit more excited just based on, you know, Kirby's got me all hyped up this, you know, for the QB battle for, you know, new faces like you talked of. And yeah, so here we are. And, you know, just something I want to touch on. We didn't get a chance to do a podcast last week. Uh, you know, admittedly, I didn't know who this person was, but I started seeing a lot of Mark Rick, Mark Rick error, uh, era uh, players, you know, tweeting about the passing of a coach van. I didn't know who coach van was, but I did some research. He was, you know, with the program, uh, basically the whole time Mark Rick was there. He came from Florida State. He was a, you know, two time national uh, strength coach of the year with Bobby Bowden. And just overall a beloved figure. You know, we've all heard of the tragic, you know, tale of Paul uh, Oliver. And, you know, apparently Coach Van was an instrumental part of making the Paul Oliver Foundation. And, mm -hmm. like, in general, you know, it 
it is a lot of moving pieces that make UGA so great. For so sure. For sure. Anytime there's a loss, you know, even if I don't know who they are, I just think it's good for us to touch on that. So shout out to Coach Van up in heaven. Uh, condolences to the family. And, you know, just uh, apparently just a great dude. And, you know, he really left his impact. And I just wanted to touch on that before we moved into spring football. But there is some good news and some celebrations to be had and some honoring uh, not just of those who've been with us, but of the great mascots at Georgia. And that would be Ugatan. Uh, he, he's he's going to be retiring and we're going to be bringing in a new era of uh, mascot. When you said new mascot, I was like, are we getting a flamingo? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, the mascot's not changing. The, the Hey, the, you never know, man. <laughs> you never know. It's a lot. It's wild times right now. You never know can, what to go pull up with, but uh, you can put that out to the, uh, the listeners who, what y'all might want. If you had a, if you had an alternative, you know, a uh, mascot you had to go with, with Georgia, who would it be? We can, we can throw that out there and get y'all caught up next. We week. might have to post that. We might have to post like a little poll with the, with the podcast and see what, what other mascot, if you, if you couldn't pick the English <laughs> bulldog, what would you go with? But um, yeah, to, to add to your point, um, Quay uh, UGA 10 X is going, is going to retire as the most winning mascot in UGA history. There was one other bulldog that caught a national championship in uh, 1980. Obviously Quay had the back to back to overall. He went 91 and 18 starting in 2015 to 2023. So for a bulldog, that is a great run for those who really know their dog breeds. Bulldogs tend to have health issues a little bit earlier than some other breeds. And it's probably good that they retire him and bring in um, the next UGA 11 or boom, as he's already been nicknamed 11 months old, but you know, he's going to bring that energy to the program that we need right now, especially going for number three. So that is going to be, that is going to be the talk of college football, given that we are going to be on national TV, especially after what I'm hearing from Florida was not such a great showing. Um, Keegan, did you hear anything about that? I've been seeing stuff on Twitter, but not super familiar I mean, with why it was as bad as what well, i'm hearing i mean apparently they're just having like downright knockout dragouts you know amongst the teammates just a lot of little big bickering pushing shoving uh breaking up little uh encounters here and there but i guess tensions are hot with in florida and you know look i know like you have some connections to bill napier and this is not an indictment of him at all or anything like that but just the situation he inherited it, it's a mess down in the swamp and the sec is a really tough league i mean it's the toughest league their their competition drain getting, the swamp yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bait florida great again yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know the thing is is like they got uh, you know, a lot of things going for them, but a lot of things moving against them. So sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and things are looking kind of ugly down there in Florida right now. I know they're they're calling uh, Florida and Auburn are, are basically going to take on 22 starters from the transfer portal, if you believe all the, the hype the media is putting on them right now. But, you know, sometimes a team, a good team can use that to their advantage and, you know, come out on top. So we won't sleep on Florida just yet. But, yeah, man, things look messy. And uh, the spring, the spring football game was quite. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't pay attention at all to Florida spring football. So if I'm hearing about how bad it was, that's I not, don't. And I know they only scored like twenty total points, so they're. Keeping I want to say it was like nine to nine going into the fourth, and there was like a walk off field goal. But I'll tell you right now, if if Graham Mertz or Jack Miller end up being their starting quarterback, which are the names that are being tossed out there right now, 
it's going to be another down year. And again, nothing against Billy Napier. Um, but we, we, as Georgia fans, we do despise Florida and he inherited a bad situation and it's not looking like it's getting any better, but we don't want to focus this podcast all on the Gators, but just wanted to mention that for those who may be listening, friends of Gator fans, let them, let them know that you heard about how bad their spring game was. But as far as our quarterback situation, there have been a lot of rave reviews for each of our quarterbacks. Now only one can play and everyone kind of has their favorites. I think right now the betting favorite may be Carson Beck. There are people like me who are kind of really leaning Vandergrift just because those in my camp feel like he may give you the closest thing to what Stetson gave you the last two years. Now, does he have control of the offense? We'll find out. But I've personally been enjoying going back to Twitter. Twitter's the best place for like news. The Bobo clips of him. He promised that he was going to push these quarterbacks and he was going to coach them hard. And the clips are showing just that he's doing just what he promised. And it's also showing that he's always been a competitor. He's a competitive coach. But now with Kirby, one of his good friends, and Muschamp, one of his good friends, I think he I th- he want no one cares about this university more than these three guys. You have to understand that. He's good at his job. He wants to be good at his job. And he also wants to make Kirby look good, like you chose right. And one thing I'll give Bobo credit for, which we may not see Saturday, is his prowess as a run game designer, a run game coordinator. When we had Nick Chubb and Todd Gurley and uh, Keith Marshalls, Bobo can put together a running scheme. And we kind of got away with that a little bit the past couple of years, more so because Todd Munkin liked to throw it to the running backs out of the backfield. So look for a return to that. And then also, obviously, we're going to be looking for third down percentage conversions from Bobo as people who criticize him from the past. Those are the changes we want to see. But Keegan, your thoughts on the quarterback situation going into G-Day? And do you feel like there's been separation from one and two enough to maybe name a starter now? Or is this going to go into the fall? It seems like it's going to go into the fall, which I think in this case, it's a good, you know, a good situation. Maybe other programs, if you if you don't want to choose either quarterback, uh, you know, it could go into the fall. It could go into December for another reason. So, you know, I like where we're at. But to me, Carson seems to be like the guy that has the most command of the offense. And I, I know for Kirby, it seems like he has put an emphasis on mistake free football and command of the offense. Now. If both players had that across the board, you know, the thing the thing about that is, is if both players had that across the board, then you probably would go with BBG. Why would you not go with Brock Vandergrift? If they're because even. If they're, if they're even. even. Yes. So, because he, he's the more athletic, right? Yeah. You, you don't become a scholarship quarterback at Georgia if you can't make the throws. So the Absolutely. question, the question really isn't, can these guys make the throws? These guys can make the throws. It's the separation at that Gunner, point. Gunnar Stockton can go out there, and if he's going to play mistake-free football and have command of the offense, I don't know if it's going to be that big of a difference between the other guys because they're all ballers. They're all they've all earned the right to be in that QB room. That's part of why Georgia is becoming QBU, which is what we are going to need to sustain this to level sustain this success okay. absolutely it's, you get it's it. not very often i don't know if you guys know this football fans but it's not very often that your walk-on guy leads you to two nights <laughs> yeah Maybe. it's not a thing that's not a thing that happens i don't know if y'all know that but so so we're gonna need the qb room to be strong so it, it is strong we're faced with uh an abundance of riches but yes carson seems to have the nose it's because he's got the uh you know the command of the offense the mistake-free 
the most mistake-free. I'm not saying he's perfect. It doesn't seem like he is. It seems like he's making mistakes, but he's the guy that is meeting that criteria that Kirby keeps putting out there. And I know Kirby's coaching the fans. He wants good PR. He didn't want to, you know, wake up one day and be like, I, I made the kicker the the quarterback. And we're like, why? And he's got a whole new list of reasons mm-hmm. why he did that. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's coaching us up on telling us why mm-hmm. he, what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. He's doing that. But the thing about Brock is I think Brock Vandergriff is qualified to be the starter. I really do. I think he's qualified to be the starter. What a great thing to have when someone as good as Brock Vandergriff is qualified to be the starter, but someone like Carson has developed like you want in your program and he's going to be the starter. So I've said from the get, yeah, if I'm being selfish, playing the video game, I want BVG because I want that speed. I want I want that Michael Vick, uh, you know, element in my game, you know, bring it back to Madden 2005. But if I'm being a homer for Georgia and I want to just root for what is best in this program, I'm looking at loyalty. I'm looking at development. I'm looking at a culture of not a lot of transfers. Carson Beck has done his time. I really hope he's ready, and it seems like he's the guy. So, yeah, I think it's going to go into fall. I hope to see a lot of Gunner Stockton and we can, you know, focus on that. But the thing, uh, you know, coming back and seeing what he did too, because I think that's going to be maybe more mystique and, uh, you know, interesting to talk about where Gunner's at for the future. He's committed to graduating at UGA, you know, so that'll be interesting. But who are some other standouts in spring that you're looking for, that you've heard about, that the hype train is moving on. One more thing on the quarterbacks, and then yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. go through the rest of these because what I think – you made some good points there, absolutely. But I just think, especially if you're paying attention to the scrimmage, it, from what I heard last time, both Carson and Vandergriff both had three touchdowns apiece, but Carson Beck had three interceptions as well. Right. So, like you said, they can both make the throws. Who has most commanded the offense – Loyalty, like in theory, like that's great and everything, but I want the best person to play for sure. And that's going to come down to Kirby and Boba making that decision. I think they're going to be honest about it. So, and the thing about G day, which is my original point I wanted to make, which I'm very, um, which I'm very excited for is once the fans see what's going on, there's going to be some people pick sides and coach and Kirby and Bobo aren't going to be able to, well, we want this and that we are going to get to see. And, you know, as football fans, we are going to make our own evaluations. And then we are going to be concrete in that as of this point, like there is nothing separate. The numbers will be there. We'll be able to see the play. We'll be able to see the picks, the incompletions, the good passes, the running with the legs and UJ is going to make its own. We're going to crown our own quarterback. So it's going to be a lot of fun from now until fall, but that's, because Kirby's very good about kind of keeping the message he wants over the media and over the fans. No longer. We're going to get to see it. We are going to get to see it, and I cannot wait. But some other standouts and some other people that you're going to need to look out for G-Day. Like I said, there's going to be some new faces. Just like the year Brock Bowers was a freshman and you saw the flashes in G-Day. Now he is the he is a household name across the nation. That's what's going to start happening at UGA every year, and you need to get ready because it's coming. Obviously, Branson Robinson, and that's mainly, well, not mainly, he's a very talented kid, but his availability is going to give him the opportunity to thrust himself into the conversation of RB1, RB2, regardless of when um, RB1, what's, what's, what's uh, the starting running back, the senior right now? I'm, I'm blanking on name. When he comes back from his hamstring. Oh, uh, Kendall. Kendall, Kendall Milton, yes. So, He'll be in the conversation even after that. Some other names, though, Lawson Lucky. 
He's not going to overtake Brock Bowers, but he has been shining during spring practice as a tight end, so look for him. Micah Morris, a name that we haven't heard in a while. A lot of the hype has been about Ernest Green and Amarius Mims at the tackle positions. Our interior line is pretty much set, but Micah Morris has got next. So look out for him. He is going to be an uh, impact player very soon. At linebacker, Xavier Sori and EJ Lightsley, Lightsey, excuse me, have really been getting a lot of hype, a lot of buzz. Looking forward to see what they're doing, even though the linebacker room is pretty deep as of right now. And then Tyke Smith, a name that we should be familiar with. He transferred a couple of years ago from West Virginia as an All-American, but he had the knee injury. He is out of the brace now. And Kirby has been talking very highly about him. And you know, Kirby loves his DBs. So we are looking good from a depth position as far as the young guys progressing. The two, the second, the two deep, three deep on the roster starting to become strong is only going to make this team so much more solid. And then for me, again, I'm watching Vandergriff. I want to see that what I think of him is either proven or see that he's not ready. And I'm fine with either because I think the whole QB room is really, uh, really loaded. Keegan, just wanted to ask you who specifically that you're looking for or who have you heard a lot of buzz about coming through the spring up to this point? Well, you mentioned a couple of the names. I know a lot of people have talked about Lawson Lucky. Um, I know Tyke Smith is starting to kind of gain position in in his mind. And, you know, those, those two guys interest me. But another one that has – really come onto the scene strong is Jordan Hall. You know, we all knew he was going to be a stud. Good one, good one. We're going we're gonna to need young interior development. And as far as depth goes, Kirby says we got it, but they're looking, you know, they're looking for that next Jalen Carter havoc maker in the middle. I don't know how many Jalen Carters you get, but at the same time, Jordan Hall looks like a guy that, you know, I'm kind of keyed in to see what he does in spring. And then overall, we've been hearing a lot of hype about the wide receiver room. The wide receiver room is, is, is as deep as ever. So true, so true, so true. And and we've heard of, you know, a couple of the transfers doing well and some of the young guys doing well. Uh, people, veterans like Marcus Rosemey Jackson really coming into their own. So, man, like, I, I just feel really strong about that wide receiver room. And Dom Lovett's, Dom Lovett's getting tabbed as somebody who cannot be guarded as well. So yeah. really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, dude. So, like. I mean, we we really have a lot of talent. Considering, you know, in a in a post Jermaine Burton world where, uh, you know, the the wide receiver room just was so weak, you didn't want to be a part. The of sky it. was falling. You remember all that? Like, oh, yeah. we lost. The, yeah. I mean, I do. So it, it's a total different paradigm to be in. So it'll really be interesting to see who gets to be a piece of that. But you know, if if I don't know if there's too many cooks in the kitchen per se, because every year, unfortunately, there is a lot of attrition at that position. A lot of knees get injured as a overhyped last podcast. And, you know, I think it'll just be interesting to see um, where we're at with that. But yeah, I think, I think the wide receiver room is huge. And then other than that, if I'm really trying to, to grasp for the next thing for UJ to pay attention to, it's just, yeah, kind of like how you mentioned, uh, and this is more on the coaching side, just the new look Bobo offense. I know a lot of the Todd Munkin terminology is going to stay the same. I know we, we've had our uh, – Mike Bobo's got his critics for, for good reason. and But, you know, he also had a lot of success. So it would be interesting to see what the new Mike Bobo offense is just kind of looking like in general. And as far as the spring games are concerned, you know, it's, it's not quite – it's, it's a little bit different pace. There's going to be probably a lot more passing. You don't want to beat up your running backs in no. general. 
we're we're, gonna, we're limited on depth right yeah, now, so yeah, we're not, we're not going to get the vibe on that as as much as we maybe would like to, but yeah, so we're going to see a lot of passing and and just probably uh, you know, hope hope <laughs> if everything's going right, we're going to see a lot more scoring than we did in the uh, in the Florida game. Better uh, be. <laughs> I love good defense, but come, come on, on now, now. come on, now. <laughs> come yeah. on now. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like the the a lot deservedly so this year with the new QB situation, a lot of the media hype has gone towards the offense because I think that's really where the mystery lies and there's more question marks, but dude, that is such a good thing for Georgia that we don't aren't going into spring wondering about the defense so much with a lot of question marks. Everybody knows what's coming. This defense is going to stay nasty. We, we got a lot of success due in part to the defense these last two national championships. And the whole Kirby era, and he's been a great engineer and a great mastermind for where this thing is headed. And, dude, defenses apparently still win championships. Apparently. Apparently. So we're, we've, I feel good about spring football, kind of regardless because of that. And the fact that we have questions like, dang, is it a qualified Brock Vandergriff or is it a developed – Two great options, two great options, but you want to you want to find the separation and the ceiling. And like you said, we've talked about it in years past in the podcast. Georgia's problem for those for those people on the Internet who think that Georgia's just now started to win. We give credit to Mark Richt and that era because we had 10 win seasons every year. We were a B plus to a A minus team every year. It was the big games, the SEC championship games, that fringe playoff BCS games that we could not win Kirby with the consistency of defense has put us at an a a minus floor as a team right. it's no longer one year we have a good offense one year we have a good defense the defense is going to be the best in the nation year in and year out and you better pray that we don't find a quarterback <laughs> that's at least a walk-on do you, you hear what I'm saying like that is <laughs> that is a very scary proposition the defense the recruiting it's getting better I don't even know how that's possible. It's getting better. We catch a quarterback, Florida, Tennessee, all these guys. Y'all think that y'all gonna make some noise next year? Bama, Ohio State, whoever wants it, USC, come get it, because yeah. we're not going nowhere. And Absolutely. it's gonna start. It's gonna start on Saturday. We're gonna hit the summer. They're gonna put on all these pounds of weight. They're gonna condition. And once we find a quarterback, night night. Yeah, the way I see it is, like, having Stetson Bennett man that era, that transition era of football for us is like playing with house money. Absolutely house money. Our good recruits are still on our roster for QB. And all these other teams that are fringe teams, not the Ohio State, Bama's, Clemson's, that have really kind of Michigan's, like the the five or six teams that have really put themselves in that first tier, all those second-tier teams like Tennessee, they're banking on a QB to, to carry them, them to the to the promised land, yes. Exactly, to put them in that next tier. And I, I just don't see – look, with with where – if that if that's how that works, <laughs> with what George has got on the roster, like we just said with our QB situation, man, you got to just feel like an overall level of optimism. I'm not so much worried. I'm excited to see that QB battle, check out the offense. For sure. The thing that makes me feel the best about the whole situation is just how consistently good our defense is and how boring it is for the media to talk about. Absolutely. And perfect, perfect transition to your point and to move to the NFL draft. As you look at the commercials that are rolling, next time you see an NFL draft commercial, sit down and note each of the quarterbacks that are getting hyped. Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, and Anthony, Anthony Richardson. 
Now, as a UGA fan, can you tell me what all of these quarterbacks have in common? Surprise, Georgia destroyed each and every single one of them. Where Stetson Bennett's not getting a lot of hype and probably as much recognition as he should, and granted, they are better NFL prospects. Like, both can be true. It's not a knock on Stetson. It's not shining glory for those guys. They're going to have their struggles, but they're more NFL prospect ready. But Georgia has beaten all of those. Now, imagine when Georgia gets back to the days to where we have a quarterback, quote-unquote, of that caliber to where they're wanting to talk about them on draft day. Georgia's going to be dangerous. So Keegan, make your point. And then I want to shift just to mention again, since the NFL draft is about two weeks away now in Kansas city, some of the guys that we're looking to have big days and talk about them a little bit and give them their shine. Okay. So if, if Bryce Young's best game came against a tough Georgia defense and CJ Stroud's best career game, Best thing he ever did was achieve against a great Georgia defense. Is to lose against Georgia. <laughs> okay, 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 right. But, you know, they, they put out the stats. They did well on offense against Georgia. Whoa, <laughs> that's their highlight film. That's why they're so much better than Stetson Bennett, who's never faced a Georgia defense. Wait a minute. He's faced them for like three or four years. Facts, facts. That's how he started getting the shine. He was he was so buried in the dirt. He was a scout team QB, and they called him the Baker Mayfield of the scout team offense. Okay, mm -hmm, and, and and lived and lived into that role. So, man, I, I get I get, and I I love that you brought all that up, but it just made me think. Like I get it. Their biggest accolade is what they did against what Georgia. they did. What he's been doing. Oh! I'll give you that. Like, That's a good he point. Li he literally owned Georgia's defense for two whole seasons. That's a good point. I'm you not don't think count. that's practice or like worthy <laughs> of a of a, a star on your chest? I'm just saying. So, Facts. Facts. hey, maybe he's not the NFL prototype QB. But if what you're telling me is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are top five picks because they did pretty well against the Georgia defense, I got some. New, I got 30 news clippings from. Bro, they won't even show Carter Anthony Burris. Richardson's highlights from the UGA game. They won't even show it. They can't show it. Like how do you? You can't highlight it. Yeah, you can't show it. They just find him at county fairs when he's chucking stuff real far. They're like, oh, he, guy, he jumped over one person in college. Let's draft him number three. Like, you know, well, go ahead then. He like, might as well be like Uncle Rico off of people bust, people bust Lamar Jackson. People bust Lamar Jackson right now. Duke can't even get a deal on, from struggling teams. And he won he won the Heisman in college. But Anthony Anthony Richardson's gonna be the next guy. Why? Don't make no sense to me. Anyways, hey, I, I could go on. But. He's athletic, but I mean, I get it. I get it. But, but like, that's not enough to play quarterback in at a professional level. But anyway. like, yeah, yeah. Have well, you know from history? That's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's let's focus on the UGA guys going into the draft. And God and God bless any franchise who drafts Anthony Richardson with a first round or early second pick. God bless you. But uh, but yeah, no. So obviously, there's the Jalen, there's the Jalen Carter story, and I think. And I knew that throughout all this hoopla, throughout all the distractions, and rightfully so, rightfully so that, that was a lot of stuff to deal with. But through all of that, this guy is going to be a game changer at the next level. And it's looking more like now that the GMs have kind of let the, the media stuff kind of fallen off, he's going to go top 10. He, his agent pulled an OG move and was like, listen, we're not visiting with teams outside the top, top 10. We're just not going to do it. If he falls out, so be it. But it's not going to be because we let it happen. So I think he's going to get drafted and he's going to be an impact player once he gets his mind right, once he gets – once time heals this wound that he has and gets to move on, 
because he he's built he's got the right stuff. Kirby Kirby is not going to go to bat for players that don't have the right stuff. Uh, Trenton Thompson, number one UGA. Kirby was not feeling how he handled his last few se- last season at UGA. I you ain't you ain't heard him since. Kirby Kirby knows what it takes and knows what he's looking for. So, uh, but along with Jalen Carter, also some names like Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, Darnell Washington. Roderick Jones, Kenny McIntosh, and of course, Stetson Bennett, all guys to watch. It's not going to be 2021 where we, you know, had the 15, but it's, we have some really good ball players that really can improve some franchises. And I'm hoping that the NFL GMs and coaches have learned that these are some real ball players that Kirby has brought up and that they'll be able to help them win games. Uh, Keegan, anybody that you're really looking for to get drafted or any major storylines around draft day, draft day for UGA players? Well, of course, where Stetson goes will be interesting to me. A lot of those other guys seems to, seem to be givens, but, man, I just feel like people are way undervaluing Darnell Washington. Like, the dude just got – Huge. Yeah, like the athleticism, the blocking ability, the catching radius, I just don't think people are – you know, if a, a slightly less athletic LeBron James was going to the draft, you know what I mean? Like Seriously. that's that's kind of like what we're talking about. So I'm really excited to see where Darnell goes, just because I think he's undervalued and wherever he goes, Same. including Stetson, is really going to make a splash. But yeah, like I said last time, at this point, man, if you're not bullish on UGA players, you're not paying attention. Play. Yeah, you're just not paying please, attention. Bro. Please just just give the bike, give it to someone else. Yeah, yeah, you're good. not paying attention because especially like you're saying, it's the other QBs and the other tight ends or whatever position for these Georgia guys, the ones that are getting talked, I can understand some players being talked over like these guys, but there's not very many. Like Jalen Carter, probably one of the best defenders. Will Anderson is that guy. I have no problem with Will Anderson being talked about one, two, three. We've seen it. The whole nation's seen it. The SEC's seen it. That's that's a done deal. That's fine. But some of these guys being talked over, our guys, like I, I don't I don't see what warrants it, but hey. I'm not a GM. I'm not a draft professional. I'm not Mel Kuyper, but they're wrong every year. So I try not to get too worked up about it, but I mean, Tyke Smith went from basically all American level in uh, a mountaineer defense to just being buried on the depth chart. And that's it right there. So like proof is in the pudding, bro. Yeah. Stats and all these, other. it doesn't matter how many times a media person says your name or how, how big your stat line gets. If you're not doing that against the toughest competition, if you can't you can't pick and choose your logic. If Bryce Young and uh, and CJ Stroud's best reason for them doing well is their competition, then you can't flip that on their axis and then say these other guys that played nobody are, you know. In that we call that moving the goalpost, which people love to do in modern sports arguments, modern anything arguments, and again have some consistency. Make bring a good point to the table, and I'll hear you. But you're absolutely right. But to we're looking forward to that again two weeks from now. I want to say it's the 27th Thursday, 27th. Uh, draft day look out for that and then also to end the kind of new faces theme two new recruits uh first i wanted to mention the most recent three-star wide receiver wide receiver and i want to say this name right natarian nitro showtime tuggle for the class of 2024 now i say three-star but you know he'll get that uga bump since he's committed i looked at his stats haven't watched the video yet but this guy looks like from what I've seen, the stat-wise, a touchdown machine. So wide receiver, athlete, runs a 4-5, 40, so huge pickup. And he is from Indiana, so you can you can understand why Notre Dame fans and whoever else was interested might be upset with Kirby right now. <laughs> and then also, we didn't miss out on Deuce, Deuce Robinson, 
uh, five-star tight end, wanted to go to USC. I think that's more about his prospects as a baseball player versus like he didn't want Georgia, but congrats to USC. Georgia just followed that up with a, a five-star tight end commit, tight end slash D end for 2025, Elias Williams yeah. from Charlton, Georgia, which happens to be the area that gave us both boss and Champ Bailey. So if that if that says anything, definitely super excited about that. Something in the water over there. Something yeah, in the water dude, down there. Dude's wingspan sure. looks like an uh, like a, a condo, a California condor. Mm-hmm, dude, mm-hmm. Dude's got those stretchy ass arms. So like, uh, excited to see what he can do. And yeah, dude, the the ball keeps rolling. And the wide receiver you mentioned, uh, I'm just gonna go with Nitro to help my accuracy of his name. But Nitro looks sick and looks like a great pairing to go with Sokovi White. So that wide receiver. There you go. It's already looking nasty. For sure. And shout out to uh, Todd Hartley for, um, you know, continuing to put in this work and then the wide receivers coach as well. Um, re- brain fart. What's the name again? Wide receivers came from back from Oregon. He's been with uh, us. Brian McClendon. Brian McClendon. Obviously, high expectations coming back to UGA and he is not disappointed. So um, awesome. But to, to turn maybe to do a little bit something off the leash here. NBA playoffs are getting started. There's one more game left for the play-in. I want to say it's Minnesota and OKC fighting for the 8 seed, but we have the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Boston Celtics. Keegan, I know that you're a Hawks fan, as well as many other listeners to this podcast. And then me, I'm over here watching LeBron James and Anthony Davis trying to make a push in the West, which has been from top to bottom, anybody's anybody's game. Thoughts on, I know there's been a little bit going on with Trey Young, and thoughts on this uh, matchup starting on Saturday, I think. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Trey Young ends up happy. But, you know, I, I'm a big Trey Young fan. He's a, been the face of the franchise. I just kind of hope that he finds his uh, rhythm and his happiness. But, yeah, I mean, even as a big Trey Young fan, you don't want any player to kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, seem very toxic to the locker room. So hopefully that's not the case. But, yeah. He, We'll kind of stay abreast of that, but do the Hawks look pretty good? Their bench has come up a good bit since Quinn Snyder, uh, you know, got hired. Snyder, so, that's what it is. Yes. Overall, like you don't, I don't know if there's a better uh, room of centers in the league overall. Capella and Unkanyu, uh, saying is Unyeka are are ballers on on their own right, and yeah, like the the depth that the Hawks have brought really might put the Celtics on their heels. But dude, I really am excited to see. What LeBron does because the Grizzlies have already been handed the championship. I don't know if you heard uh, John Morant. Obviously, obviously John Morant is a uh, is that guy. But what are your thoughts on maybe just overall NBA outlook as far as like a favorite for the playoffs? And do you think LeBron? Uh, you know, they made some mid seasons like the Hawks, uh, mid season changes like the Hawks as well, and it's paid off. Their bench is looking nasty. Austin uh, was it Reeves? Austin, yeah, AR, AR. So, um. As far as the East goes, unfortunately for the Hawks, my favorite to come out of the East, no disrespect to Giannis Antetokounmpo, is the Boston Celtics. From top to bottom, they have wings. They have Jason Tatum. They have Jalen Brown from Georgia. They have um, just a versatile group of bigs. Now, Atlanta will be able to contend with them down low with Capella, like you're saying, John Collins. I think you see a lot from Sadiq Bey and DeAndre Hunter as wing players. They are going to have to pick up the slack on – Boston superstars because Trey Trey is a bit of a liability, but for him, I'm expecting 
28, 30 points, 10 assists. So he's going to have to do that just to kind of cancel out his defensive li liability. But He um, has been making improvements. I won't get into Good, it. and that's what it's going to take because this Boston team is about as perfect as a team that you can get. So if, if I had to be optimistic, if the Hawks were to win, seven games. Yeah. I see it going six in Boston's favor because they have home court and they're the favorites over uh, for the title, in my opinion. And then on the West side, if I if I was a betting man, I would just go with Phoenix right now for the star power. And in the playoffs, the half court takes over the game. It's not going to be a whole lot of fast breaks. And are they going to be healthy? That's the real question. Are they going to be healthy? That that's the good question. And what do they have the depth to continue that? Um, as far as the Lakers go, the Grizzlies are without a couple of their front court players and Steven Adams and uh Clark. So I think AD is going to take over. But they've been they've been winning, but it's the games, if you watch them, it's they're down 10, then they're they're tied, then they, they're up, and then they're down 10 again. So, like, they're just going to have to figure it out. But uh, give it to the veteran teams. The Golden States, the LA, LA Boston, Bucks. look for those teams to really make a push in the playoffs because that's kind of what it's built for. So, give me, give me Lakers in six and Boston in six to start. Okay. I like it, man. Well, yeah, I'm excited for uh... – for NBA playoffs, it, it, dude, you can't even catch a Hawks game hardly. So it's just like if you don't got Bally, yeah, it's about the only time I can even watch them. So I'm excited for that. A lot of lot of sports going on as we transition from spring to summer. Braves Braves are also doing their thing. Uh, Raves has started off with what 13-0 winning streak, but with the new changes in baseball, other teams will catch up and it'll change. Braves get healthy. This team is something to look out for. But Keegan. It's been a blast. Can't wait to watch G-Day, and we'll get back with you, Dog Nation, to recap what we saw, the quarterback situation. Uh, again, 55,000 going to be there, but don't get it twisted. Dog Nation is locked in, and we're ready for 2023. As always, guys. Hey, that's a sellout at Georgia Tech. That's a sellout. I love it. I love it. Keegan, appreciate you, Dog Nation. Love you guys. And as always, you know what it is. Off the leash. <laughs> Dogs.